0: Hi, and welcome back to the Sit Down and Talk show. As always, I am your host, Shanice Talia Williams, and today is going to be kind of sort of like a special episode. I'll be doing a little storytelling about myself, and it should be really interesting. So hope you sit through, listen, and enjoy, and let's get right into it. All right, so let me set the scene. The year is 2014. I am 23 year old me, and I have a best friend. And for the sake of her anonymity, I will call her Gloria. And I have dropped out of college for like the third time at this point. And yeah, so what happened was Gloria and I were preparing to go to her sister's high school graduation, which was going to be held in Atlanta. And we decided that we were going to hit I-95 South instead of coming back home after the graduation since we'd be halfway to South Beach. And we were going to move down to Miami and go become super strippers. And when I say super stripper, I am referring to the Malayas, to the Black Chinas, to all of the big name tip drill, like all the big name strippers that we know simply for the sake of the fact that they were dancers, I wanted to be a super stripper. I wanted to be a video vixen. I wanted to do all sorts of crazy things back in my 20s. My dark night of the soul era is what I call it. But this specifically actually came into fruition. So my dog is eating in the background. Y'all just gonna have to deal with it because my baby girl gotta eat. So, anyway. Gloria and I came up with this master plan where we started packing slowly so that no one would notice that we were packing all our stuff up and that we were leaving and not coming back. So also we decided that we had about four weeks to be up in the gym nonstop doing squats, working out. So we were going super duper hard, like dieting, getting our bodies right and stuff so we could be strippers mind you gloria at the time is upward in the 180s maybe 200 area pound wise so since like four weeks was never going to like you know nobody shaming or anything just giving y'all a real lay of the land as far as the story goes and i was flat back no booty like it was just very opposite body types but we were very confident (laughs) so We knew that we had pretty faces and most importantly, we knew how to hustle. We knew how to use our brains and we knew how to talk our self into and out of any possible situation. So we were like the ideal scammer dream team going down to Miami. So where were we going to live? I had already been to like Miami. I was obsessed with Miami because my birthday is 305. So of course, the 305 and the 305, I would spend my birthday in Miami for like from 21. So at this point, I had been to like Miami a couple times for spring breaks, birthdays, etc. So I had a plug on uh hotel rooms or like spring break rentals so i reached out and was like hey you know me and my homegirl trying to move we need a transition apartment can we come stay in one of your spring break rentals for like a monthly versus like a weekly price and basically he worked it out and we were going to pick up the key pay our security deposit first month's rent when we got there two bedroom apartment everything is great so we go to the graduation it's time to come home we hit our 95 headed south and we never looked back and we drove down in her her car at the time to south beach and it's crazy because i have no idea how it was like a death mobile a death trap like literally the steering wheel was shaking brakes didn't work but we drove that bitch from virginia to atlanta and then from atlanta to south beach and confidently too so pull up we get to the spot where we're staying which was um at the Shelborne hotel well what was known as the shelbourne hotel i'm unsure what it's called now but i think the address was like 1901 um what's that street name y'all know the street collins there we go 1901 collins is what the address was at the time And they were, uh, it was an older hotel that was, like, mad famous and mad well-known, but you can purchase, I guess, like, condos or hotel rooms within the hotel. So, these people owned this condo in the hotel. So, we go, we pull up, because there's no check-in. Mind you, we're renting from an outside source, not the hotel itself. So... We go, we get the key, which was left for us under like a little mat in front of the door. And we go in and it's like definitely no two-bedroom apartment. It's literally like a hotel room with a bed in the living room and like a divider in the middle of the room with another bed on the other side. And that's what they consider a two-bedroom apartment. So at this point now, we like extra in our feelings, like, fuck you mean, like, we not paying for this. Like, this is not what we signed up for. Granted, we don't have nowhere else to go. And I had paid, did I pay the first payment? I'm not sure. No, you know what? We didn't pay anything at the time. So we was like, at this point, we still got all of our money. Dude was supposed to meet us to give us the key, but never met us, just left it under the door. So at this point, we like, well, let's start looking at other places while we still have all of our money and let's find somewhere else to go. So, we start actually looking at real life, like signing a lease apartments in Miami. So, as this is happening, we also are looking because we just knew we wanted to be strippers. And we thought, like, you know, you just go to King of Diamonds and say, Hey, I want to be a stripper, and that you could dance. Like, that's it. That's what we thought. No. (laughs) So, we on Craigslist and we looking to see which clubs is looking for like dancers and so forth. And there was an ad for, g5 which is a really really popular popular club in miami now but at the time the night shift was super duper popular they had no day shift so they were hiring basically for like the b squad for day shift dancers so we were like all right cool let's pull up so we go to audition to be strippers we pull up to the club and like we just We just pull up, literally, just pull up to the club. And this is the first day we got there. Like we got there, we pulled up, got the key, grabbed something to eat, and then dipped to the strip club. So when we get there, we go in and the manager greets us or whatever. Hey, how you doing? And you know, automatically they assume just off body type and and everything that I'm the one here to audition and my homegirl is just there for moral support type shit. So we like, no, we both want to audition. Like we trying to dance or whatever. So they're like, all right, cool. Go in a locker room and, and change, like put on your costume or whatever. So we look at each other like, bitch, costume. Like, I thought we'd just do this in our bra and our panties. Like, like you mean a costume? I ain't got nothing. So we go in the car and we still, we never even unpack the car. So we still have all of our bags and stuff that we came from Virginia with. So I look for like, the sexiest lingerie I have at the time, which might've been like some black Victoria secret boy shorts and like a basic black padded bra. So <laughs> we go in and I'm like, we don't have no costumes for real. Like that's all I got. And she's like, all right, cool. Well, we'll work that out later. Just go ahead, change and then figure out who going to go first. So I was like, I'll just go, I'll go first to get it over with out of the way and just see, like, I just wanted to get it over with. So, um, I can't remember exactly what the three songs were, but I get on stage and the manager, who was a woman, thankfully, like that was pretty cool. She's sitting there. and She's like, all right, so you got three songs. First song, fully clothed. Second song, no top. Third song, completely naked. I'm like, all right. Whew, I got this. <laughs> like, We here now. There's no turning back. Like, what would Black China do? What would Malaya do, Shanice? You got this. So... Um, I do remember like there was like a a T-Pain song was one of my songs. And I think like a dream song was another song, but I can't remember the other song. So I do it. I get it done. I'm done with my three songs. I'm picking up my fucking pride and my clothes off the floor. And at this point, I'm like, well, fuck it. I done did it now. Like it's done. It's good. I'm ready. So my homegirl, she auditioned. She get up there. We, you know, she finished doing what she doing. And the manager like couldn't help but laugh. Like, yo, I don't want to send y'all nowhere else because I could tell like y'all are super duper green, but also I could tell that y'all are not going to give up. So I'm going to go ahead and hire y'all and put y'all on my day shift just so I know y'all safe. (laughs) So we took it as a win, like, fuck it. Thank you. It's like, we, we got it. So we did that. So now it's like, she tell us you need to go get costumes. Y'all need proper shoes. Um, you need makeup, get your hair done Here go this person, call this person This da 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 So we like yo we have like zero dollars and zero cents To our name other than our fucking rent money That we need to get an apartment And whatever little money we got Aside to like eat, get gas Pay for parking, shit like that So we like Alright we need to go get another job then If that's the case because we need some money Like we need more money, this ain't it Like so we applied to be managers at a really popular shoe store that's Canadian based whose name I won't say because yeah I'll tell y'all later in the story like just know it was a real popular shoe store who is based in Canada and they have no belief in having cameras in their store and that matters for a reason that I will tell y'all later because again it was a dark night of the soul for your girls so we pull up we get these jobs and there's they have two stores within like a uh, proximity of each other one is in Lincoln Square mall and then the other is the Collins Drive flagship location so Gloria was the manager at the Collins Drive location I was the manager at the Lincoln Square location so we are now we working. We got our stripper jobs by we working managers in the shoe store by day and we dancing by night. And you know, we stayed in the little place we was in at the Shelbourne, but we were still looking for other apartments. So by this time now, like we we getting our like we getting it. Like, okay, girl, we doing this. So we get comfortable. We start to like really get into the rhythm and the routine of our life. So by night again we were dancing we were going to like because the day shift wasn't really like a day shift it started you know sun still out but it's not like nighttime nighttime so like 4 p.m type shit so we will go work and then go to the club so lots of different women we met in that club i'll never forget candy though candy worked at the at&t call center by day and was a dancer by night and it was like it never affected her she she said she left a couple times, came back a couple times. She has no idea why she keep coming back to the strip club. It's almost like it calls to you. And I felt that, like, why are we even here? I have no idea, like, why this suburban 23-year-old girl drops out of co- Like, it was a very strange calling that I had for me to be in that space in that time. So I understood when she said it, like, I've, I'm good. Like, I have no reason to be here other than the fact that I love dancing. So I took that and I kind of like ran with the, I'm just here because I like dancing story. The, I, I'm i a college girl, you know, I got some some loans that need to be paid off, but I really just enjoy dancing, which is why I'm here. So that was the story I would use when I was on the floor making small talk conversation with people or whatever. So I remember my first, like my first dance. I will never, ever, never forget it. So it's the first time we got out on the floor, and thankfully the managers at G Five was like, "Y'all never have to do stage unless you want to. Tell the DJ to put you in rotation when you feel comfortable." So we strictly just worked the floor. So I was wearing um, these pink, like a pink nude see-through situation like a skirt and a little bra situation thing and a little thong and I'm walking around looking all cute and green and this like dude who all the girls is like lingering around his section and he like yo you come here and I'm like okay So I go over and he like, you new here? And I'm like, yeah. He like, no, I'm telling you, like, I've never seen you before. You definitely not a dancer. And I'm like, well, yes, I am. Like, I'm here. Fuck you mean I'm not a dancer? He's like, no, I'm looking at you and you are clearly not a dancer. And I'm like, I mean, I could show you better than I could tell you. Like, at this point, I'm picking up on stripper cues and what they doing and how to move. So like how to operate in this space. So he like, oh, word. So you think you could. All right, cool. Go ahead. Dance with me then. So this is my first, 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 first dance, like outside of a club party situation. So I start twerking like the Yin Yang Twins is my very godfathers. Like I start twerking for my life. <laughs> and He was like, no, I told you, like, you can't dance. <laughs> you need to stop. So I'm like, all right, all right. All right. He's like, nah, come here. So he tells the stripper girl he got like just chilling with him, like, yo, scoot over real quick. So he could have access to, like, he could sit up straight and have access to both of his hands type shit. So he puts his hands like on my waist and he's like, all right, that's the beat. You could catch a beat. Now I need you to find some rhythm. And I'm like, okay. So he like moves my hips and I start like swaying. And he like, you need to learn how to dance slow to any type of song, every type of beat. He said, this was never about, You being an actual like choreographed in a video dancer, you have to sell sex. You got to be seductive. Like, give me a fantasy. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like, I'll try. (laughs) At the time, I'm just thinking I'm a great dancer who is kind of cute and look good. And, you know, like, I pull dudes, so I should be able to pull a bag. But there was nothing like sexy or seductive about me. Like, I had none of that energy. So, he taught me in that moment how to actually, like, dance, the art of seduction. And he spent mad time and mad money just teaching me. So, like, he paid me for that moment. And I was like, yeah, all right, this is this about to be a wild experience. But I'm here for the journey because this nigga literally just paid me to dance. Well, to teach me how to dance for him. Like, that's mad wild. So tell my homegirl, take back the money or whatever so now we really like, all right, this might work. Like this might really, really work. We got the day jobs, the money's starting to come in at night. We getting more comfortable. Um, my home girl, she, Loria was a very, uh, you know, being at her size, she was, a bringing in less money but i had no problem because i was never trying to be there by myself so it felt good to just have somebody there who was in the same space seeing what's going on with me and she would make money like at the bar talking to people sometimes and sometimes there would be somebody who would come in who her body type they were all over it they wanted it like come here girl get here so you know she did what she did and we was good so we kept doing it well Then like the dynamics of the actual strip club starts to come in where you got the manager who starts to get a little crush on you. And now he's pulling you in his office and trying to offer you money to do things that you would never do or that has nothing to do with the strip club. And then you have the other dancers who see, oh, this bitch is green. These niggas is out here eating her up. She got this cute, natural little body. And they like, oh, you trying to do private parties. Candy had already warned me like whatever you do these bitches is shisty and I had seen the players club already so I'm kind of hip. She like, bitch, these bitches will sell your soul for a coin. Don't do none of these private parties. Don't dance outside of this club. That's it. You come in here, you dance in this club and that's it. So, I never got into a space where I felt like I was in danger or uncomfortable because I listened to what Candy said and I never left that motherfucking club. So we still on a day shift or whatever, and we get some teachers who come in one day after school for a birthday party, and they want me to dance for them because I sold them the whole, oh, I'm actually an elementary education major, and I'm only here to pay off my student loan story. So they're like, oh, we want you to dance for us. And I'm like, okay. So this is the first time that I actually had to do like a stage dance, and all the other like strippers, the seasoned strippers, are looking like, what the fuck is over? What do she got over these people? it was a talk game. Like I knew how I could sell anything, including myself. So that's what they were buying into. They could care less about how I danced. It was more of my stripper customer service that kind of got me through. So when we realized like, all right, we really getting good at this. We really getting comfortable. We want a night shift now. We want to start making big money. We got enough money now. We got real costumes. We could pay whatever the night uh, fee was to dance. So you have to, Pay to dance. You have to actually like pay the house mother. You have to pay the floor. You have to do all of that. So, overall, to dance at one of these Miami clubs during a night shift could range anywhere between like $150 to $300, depending on who you are and depending on like what time shift you're trying to dance. So we never could buy in, like, G5's night shift was already too stacked down. Like, these girls is dancing for K-Michelle. They dancing for Flo Rida. They dancing for these Haitian drug dealers that come in here with all of this money. So to buy into G5 for the night shift was like, nah, we're not there yet, nor are we, like, confident enough yet. So we left G5. And went to a smaller club called The Office, which was still like popping and still is popping. But we go there and the manager literally falls like in love. Like he's like in love, in love with me. So we like, all right, cool. We're going to dance here because the house fee is mad cheap because the fucking manager's in love with you. And we get to work night shift. But the difference is we actually have to dance stage at this club. There's no skipping stage here. So we really had to get into our stripper bags. And we did. So now we're making money dancing and we no longer need to work out. Oh, there we go. I said the name, but I caught myself, but y'all heard it. And if you caught it then oh, well. So we no longer need our management day jobs at this shoe store. So we decide to go on a heist and we link up with this other girl who worked at the Lincoln Square store. And one night when we were doing inventory, we decided that we were going to Take some inventory. So we packed up boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of shit. And we just left and we took it and we just dipped. We just took all of that shit. It was so much stuff. It was so much so we get a phone call the next day from the manager manager, like the the overall store manager, like there's so much stuff missing and we know that it was y'all because y'all were the only people here and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, you ain't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like we locked up everything. We closed everything. All the inventory was done before we left, but you got some nerve accusing me. I quit. I'm coming to get my last paycheck. So he's like, I called the cops. We got y'all on Instagram wearing the shit that y'all stole from us and sends me screenshots of us wearing the shit that we stole. It was crazy because we didn't give a fuck. So went up there and picked up my last check. Still did. Like, no cares. And it was nothing they could do about it. Nothing they could. There was nothing they could do. No cameras, no evidence, no footage. All he could do was know that we ran off with a whole lot of merchandise. Like that was it. So now we got more shoes. We got more costumes. We got so much more stuff now that we can use to dance in. It was mad crazy. So and then also we got shit to sell, so we just got all of this stuff now. But we are no longer staying at the Shelbourne. So what happened was, while we are getting in the swing of things, in the rhythm of things, mind you, we still looking for an apartment. So the reason that we really, really had to leave the Shelbourne was because dude, we was renting from hit us up maybe like three weeks into us being in Miami. We stayed there for three weeks, and he tells us, oh. Um, the shell said y'all have to go whatever Because they're actually closing down the whole entire building to do renovations Mind you, we had never even been there for a month And they wanted a whole month's rent up front So we would have paid a security deposit, paid a full month's rent And we never would have even stayed there for a whole month Mind you, it's hot as hell in Miami The air conditioner is fucking broke in the room whenever you turn it on The roof starts to leak and the damn roof fell in on my homegirl. So technically, we need to be suing them. But instead, we decide to run off and keep our money. So the day he came to pick up the money was the day that we had to leave. So he wanted us to give him three three weeks worth of rent. Mm -mm. so he hits me up like I'm on my way to come get this money and we like fuck that we need to be up out of here before he gets here so we packing up packing up packing up and we got like 20 minutes to pack up our whole life that we had in this hotel get down get ballet get the car and get the fuck out of dodge so clock is ticking, clock is ticking. We putting bags and bags and bags on the elevator. And we hear the other one coming up and we hear a man talking on the phone. And I'm like, girl, that's his voice. I don't think we're going to make it. We still got like three bags in a room. So I go run, run, get the last couple bags. And the one bag that I have in my hand is a laundry bag that I got as a gift for high school graduation with my name engraved and embroidered on the bag. In my college So I'm holding this bag with my name on it When he comes to the door and I'm locking it Putting the key back under the mat He's like hey 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 stop Where are you going? I'm like um excuse me like who are you? He's like hey I'm so and so I'm looking for Shanice to come get this money And I said well I'm looking for Shanice too Because she rented this spot out to us for the week and I gave her my money, the roof is falling in Then we get a text message saying we gotta leave Because they closed it for renovations And I want my money back So do I get my money back from you? And he's like, no, I'm looking for Shanice Because she owes me money She's supposed to be staying here I never even knew she rented the place out to somebody Meanwhile, Gloria is already on the elevator With the bags, packing the car Waiting on me to get downstairs so we can flee So once I'm done talking to him I like, I I didn't even take the elevator. I ran straight for the stairs. I hit the stairs. I get downstairs. I throw that bag in the car and we leave the Shelbourne with all of our money. And we stayed in that place for free for three whole weeks. So now we have um, to look for somewhere to go. We have nowhere to stay. So we find, like, we're looking for hotels. We're looking for anything that we can afford with our money because we know that we want to get this apartment. But also, like, we need somewhere to stay. So we end up staying at this other hotel downtown. And that was a shit show. Like, it was terrible. So it was just accommodations because at this point, like, we got the money. It's no point in, you know, just we need somewhere to stay. So we pull up, we check in. Nobody speaks English, which is crazy, but it's Miami. So we pull out a little bit of Spanish we know and we, we function. And we stay in here. So, mind you, we have our whole entire lives, plus all this stolen merchandise that we have, which was stacked up, like, against one of the walls in the hotel room. Like, it was like a whole – it looked like a store. Like, we had full inventory in that room well my homegirl Gloria she decides to finesse this dude that she meets at the Cavalier and he is also thinking he's finessing her while really she's finessing him so he's like yeah I used to be roommates with Black China showing us all these pictures um I used to be her manager when she was a dancer like I want to manage you not me but Gloria and she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But if you're my manager, then you need to be paying for me and my homegirl hotel room. So he's paying for our room now about the week at this new place we stay in at. So we still have all of our original money that we started with. So he's paying for the room and he does that for maybe about a month. And then we get to the hotel one day to go. To our room and they stop us security stop us in the hallway like y'all need to pay before y'all could go upstairs nobody paid for y'all room this week so we call in the dude like yo where you at what's up he like oh i don't got it this week blah 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 so at this point nobody told us that the room hadn't been paid for they just took all of our shit and moved it so we had no idea where all of our stuff was our clothes all the shit we stole now is somewhere like somebody went in our room, cleaned it the fuck out. I had money. The cash that I was holding on to was in a drawer. Bitches stole that. So now half the money that we had is gone. All of our stuff is misplaced. So I'm I'm going the fuck off in that lobby. I pr- I'm i pretty sure like I might have called the police on myself. I called the police. I called immigration. I called everybody. I was that livid like, bitch, where is my money? Where is my shit? Like I'm I'm going off. Nobody can tell us nothing, at least not in English. And my Spanish is not that good for me to be arguing with a bitch about where my whole life is and where my money is in Spanish. So we got this girl in the lobby. She's translating or whatever. So in a nutshell, basically, they're like, if you just pay for the week. And I'm like, bitch, y'all stole my money. Y'all got, y'all got more than a week's worth of pay. And y'all know you stole my money. They're denying it, denying it, denying it. So my homegirl, Gloria, just paid for it or whatever so we could just get our shit and get the fuck out of here. Because mind you, we got all this stolen shit here. The police are coming. They're on their way because multiple people at this point have called Miami PD. So we pay it, literally, we just pay it. We get our shit and we pack up the car. And while we're pulling off, the police are pulling up, but they don't know who they pulling up for. So we, we got out of Dodge with that one. But now we have literally... Half the money, less than half the money actually Because my half was stolen Her half, she had to pay some of it For um, the week that we stayed that the dude didn't pay And now we we really like what the fuck is going on So we like, we need to, we quit our jobs at this point That was our major bulk of our income We need to figure out what the fuck we gonna do But first we need to figure out where we staying for the night And it's the same night that the Heat won the championship. So people are outside. They setting trash cans on fires. They banging pots and pans out their windows. It's just a loud, it's like hell. It's like loud, it's hot. It was just like very, it was very dramatic. Not traumatic, but dramatic. The traumatic part was when we realized we had zero places to go, zero dollars to spend, and we had to sleep in the car that night. So we pulled up to the side of the Shelbourne because we knew it was closed. We parked in their parking space and we slept in a car that night. It made me literally sick to be homeless. I'm like throwing up. It's homeless people banging on a window. People are out being belligerently drunk and just wilding out because of the championship. So if it was one thing I knew, it was that I was never meant to be homeless. If it was a second thing I knew, it was I was never sleeping in a car again after this night. So... We woke up the next day, we went on the apartment hunt, and we met a woman by the name of Mary Ezra. And I'm going to stop this episode here, and I'll tell you part two of the story on the next episode.